Well, folks, week one was a wild one. Can you say upset city? Let's dive right in. Go! Making Waves, an NFL Confidence Pool podcast. I'm your host, Mac. And I'm your host, Bob. And as Bob just mentioned in that little intro there, week one was absolute madness. There were upsets galore. There were turnovers. There were two-point conversions. There were missed field goals. A lot of things happened in week one. And we'll get into that just a little bit as we talk about week two and our predictions. But before we jump into everything that Week 2 has to offer, Bob, do you want to give everyone a little update on how the Making Waves team did in our Confidence Pool League? I would love to give an update, and unfortunately, I would love to be talking about how we won the Buko Bucks Week 1 and how we were just hitting the ground running. Unfortunately, as we all know, NFL um, is pretty unpredictable, and Week 1, I'd say, was the epitome of unpredictable. So... As a whole, we actually didn't do too bad. We had 10 games uh, correctly selected, 5 games missed. So uh, for a total of 66 points, uh, which was kind of right in the middle of the pack for the week, uh, we are 20 points behind the leader who finished at 86 points. Uh, So the 5 games that we missed was Bengals over the Steelers. Thanks for nothing, Joey B. We missed the Colts over the Texans as our highest confidence thanks to a flipping tie. We missed the Titans over the Giants. Thanks, Tannehill. We missed the Monday night game, Broncos uh, versus the Seahawks. Russ, looking at you. And, of course, we missed the 49ers versus the Bears. And I think me and Matt can both agree that we're pretty happy about missing that one. So, like I said. So happy. (laughs) So happy about missing that one. And I'm definitely going to be talking a little bit more about that game, which I'm sure is going to be a surprise to all of you. But, yeah, 10-5 and in week one. Not terrible, not great. Definitely have some room for improvement in week two. If I may, um, just doing a quick little math, 10 and 5 is only 15, and there are typically 16 games. So I'm guessing this the 16th one is that tie that, that you were talking about, that we missed five games and then the 16th was the tie. Is that Does that sound accurate? You know what? Egg on my face, humpity dumpity, <laughs> pants on my ankles. I think you are correct. Uh, this is really a learning experience, folks. Yep, we did have one tie. Five misses, one tie. Thank you so much for keeping me honest there. Hey, hey, not a problem. It's what we're supposed to do. We hold each other accountable. We call each other out on our shit. And that's just one example. But no, you're good. You're good to go. I think it was just the, the one tie that um, maybe got counted as a fifth, but it's actually a separate. I think that's exactly what happened. Like I said, humpity dumpity, two weeks in a row. Egg on your face. It's just going to keep coming, but that's all right. We will continue forward moving along with this podcast regardless. And first, before we dive into all these uh, week two matchups that we have coming up, I do want to talk about some pretty notable injuries that happened in week one that obviously will play a factor in our confidence pool choices, as well as our team selections all the way around. Absolutely, and and not to, sorry, not to interrupt, but just for our first-year listeners, uh, we do call Mac the injury queen, and she's going to prove why in the next 16 weeks, so sorry for for interrupting, (laughs) but I wanted to let everybody know you're the injury queen. No, you're good. You're good. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yes, so Bob does like to call me the injury queen, and it's just because I look up all the injuries prior to the podcast. (laughs) Super complicated process, but she's really good at it. She's really good at it. Super (laughs) complicated. Then we'll call you the uh, league commissioner then, I guess. Or you could be the league king if you want because you do league all the king. updates. Yeah, okay. you, do all, you do all the updates for our confidence pool league. So you're the league king. Wow, Bobo the league king. I really, really like that. It's got a good ring to it. <laughs> all right, so as the injury queen, uh, moving along with these notable injuries, first up is a huge one. Obviously, you probably have heard about it. Dak Prescott, quarterback for the... Dallas Cowboys has fractured his thumb. He did undergo a successful surgery. It appears that he's going to be out for the next four to six weeks. 
that's obviously going to be a huge factor against the Cowboys, who were already struggling quite a bit while he was in in week one. Uh, next, we have TJ Watt, who is of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He tore his peck. He is expected to return by mid-October. Youch, that must hurt. Um, also for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris has a foot injury. He is currently seen as day-to-day. If both of those players are out heading into week two, that is a huge blow to that team, both offensively and defensively. Moving over to the Los Angeles Chargers, Keenan Allen pulled his hamstring. He is unlikely to play this Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. Typically, hamstring injuries last a couple of weeks, and it's pretty easy for them to get re-injured again. Um, So we'll see what happens there. Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints had a rib injury, and he is also currently seen as day-to-day. We'll see what happens with him playing this week. T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals suffered a concussion. Typically, concussions are out. Concussion people are... Concussion? (laughs) Oh, my God. Concussion I was doing people. so good. <laughs> You're typically, still doing great. Uh, typically, people who suffer concussions are out for at least a week. It depends on how fast he can pass the NFL's concussion protocol. Two more, almost there. Mac Jones, the quarterback for the New England Patriots, had a back injury on Sunday. He is currently seen as day-to-day. If he was out, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. I guess we'll see what happens. And finally, Elijah Mitchell... The running back for the San Francisco 49ers injured his knee on Sunday. He has been placed on injured reserve and will be out for at least the next several weeks. And I apologize if you can hear my dogs barking. Those are just a couple of good girls in the background. They're just really excited about making waves. They're really excited about making waves. I'm still I'm still caught up on the concussion people. I, I think we need to talk about the concussion people on a weekly <laughs> concussion basis. Concussion people. Hey, I've suffered a a few concussions my own self, so that's why I can't speak, apparently. Apparently, you are also one of the concussion people over there, so I think that's got to be a weekly thing, just, yeah, talking about the concussion people. I like it. (laughs) Talking about those concussion people, but okay, I made it through. Those are all the big injuries. Clearly, a lot happened week one, and uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about that, Bob? Yeah. I just wanted to, before I forgot about it, is it just me or are the Watt brothers constantly getting injured? Like, I don't know if they're not drinking enough milk. I know they're Midwestern Wisconsin boys, Wisconsinites. But every single year, I feel like at the start of the season, either TJ or JJ suffers a super long, serious, or even season-ending injury. I know JJ is already hurt. He was on the sidelines in his street clothes on Sunday. And TJ was having an incredible game and then tore his pack out. But is it just me or are those guys always injured? Yeah, apparently uh, they didn't grow up drinking a bunch of milk, I guess. I don't know. But I did hear something about how in previous injuries with the Watt brothers, they tend to come back sooner than anticipated. So maybe that will happen again here with the torn pack. Who knows? Remains to be seen. Okay, maybe they are drinking extra milk in that case, but I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> maybe after the injury, they drink a ton of milk, and then but before the injury, they're not drinking any, so then they get hurt. What? Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's for another podcast, but that whole milk thing is a myth, also. By the way, excuse me. This That's is for news another to me. podcast. We gotta move. We gotta move along. No, got I'm stuck s- on the milk thing. I'm stuck no, on the milk. No. <laughs> We got 16 games to cover. I'm just plowing us through here. Starting Thursday night, we don't even have a chance to catch our breath after all the wild action from week one. Because Thursday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we immediately have a great game with the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And holy cow, Mahomes basically said, F you to me for putting him low in the rankings. And I am absolutely eating my words because he looked incredible. A lot of people thought, you know, hey, they've traded away Tyreek Hill. Things are going to be different for them. He's not going to know who to pass it to. Oh, he knew who to pass it to. Everybody on the offense. Mahomes threw for five touchdowns. He spread the ball around completely with different individuals, with almost every pass it felt like. And he did a phenomenal job. 
it honestly looked like he did better without Tyree Kill than he was playing with Tyree Kill some games last year. So it's safe to say that the Kansas City Chiefs are in it to win it this year. They looked so good on Sunday. And I, I got to say, also, the Chargers looked really good on Sunday, too. They got a little revenge on the Raiders from last year, taking the win this year in a very close game. They looked really good out there. But I don't know. For me, the way the Chiefs were that explosive week one, it just – and also against the Cardinals, too. It just shows me that they are a team to be reckoned with. And I'm excited to see their season. It was so good. Uh, but I have the Chiefs ultimately winning this game Thursday night. A barn burner. Have them winning at six. Okay. Very astute observations there. And just a little side note for our uh, Wave Riders. That is just a, a name for our fans that we're, we're kind of, you know, putting through the shop and seeing how it goes. Shout out to my buddy Blake. He, he threw that one to me the other day. And I, I think it's got a nice ring to it. My, my co-host isn't so sure about it. But we're going <laughs> to give it a try. I'm simmering on it. I'm simmering on it, Blake. We'll throw it out there for people if they uh, agree with it or not, and maybe other people can come up with some other ones. That's all I suggested. Uh, no, yeah, nothing it, against you, Blake. Yeah, nothing against you, Blake. I think it's a great name, um, and we're going to simmer on it here for the weekend. But, yeah, hit our Instagram DMs with any ideas for uh, for the, a good name for our fan base, which is growing by the week. But without further ado, for the game – Agree with everything that McKen said there. I think it's going to be an absolute burn burner tomorrow night to start week two. Uh, Chiefs look great. Chargers look great. I think this could be a possible AFC playoff preview. They're going to be going head-to-head all season. I also have the Chiefs uh, being at home. First game at Arrowhead. I have them a little less confident, but I have them winning at a confidence of four. So pretty close. All right. Pretty dang close. I like that we're starting off with an uh, even, evenly... Uh... Even matchup here, I guess, with you and I choosing both of the same team. Um, So that way we can just move right along into the Sunday 1 o'clock slate of games. Another absolute barn burner to kick us off. We have the Washington Commanders at Detroit Lions. (laughs) Man, oh man, how is this game not the game of the week? What the heck? I mean, it is to me. (laughs) This is the game of the week to a lot of people that are listening. So I need to be careful because I know there's a lot of new Lion fans that are now fans of making waves. I need to tread a little more carefully this season. But yes, so Commanders versus Lions. And I know my co-host is very excited about this game. And being completely, I guess, just um, non-biased about this, obviously me and Mac love to tease each other about, you know, the Lions and the Bears. But I think this is going to be a pretty good game. Commanders played the Jags last week. Commanders really didn't play great. They won at the very end against a pretty weak Jags team led by none other than Lord Farquaad. And the Lions, shout out Big T, had a very exciting game in the Kitty Den, which I like to call it, the Lions Den. And they scored 35 points week one, which is pretty dang impressive, if uh, I do say so myself. Obviously, scoring 35 points, you think you'd win the game, but Lions showed a lot of fight, which is pretty, uh, I guess that's pretty common for for the Lions team to uh, never give up, but they are 0 1 to start the season. Um, with that being said, Jamal Williams became a fan favorite after um, starring in. Why am I Why am I blanking on that? The show Hard Knocks. Uh, Hard Knocks. Yes, I know he's he loves his anime. He's very fun, outgoing guy. He scored two touchdowns. Uh, golf fought. He had an early pick six, which was not a great pass, but he definitely picked it up. And Swift had a really really good game. So Lions are going to be no pushover this season. So I do shockingly enough gasp what Bobby's gonna say Lions yes I think the Lions are gonna win their first game of the season at home don't get used to it I'm not gonna choose the Lions a lot so definitely savor this moment I have them winning on Sunday in a very tight game so I have them at two okay hey I just appreciate that you chose the Lions there a lot of respect obviously for for your best friend over here and just choosing the Lions I appreciate that very much And I won't go too much into it. I know that the Lions lost on Sunday. But I do just got to say that I was thoroughly impressed as a Lions fan. First and foremost, our fan base is growing tremendously, probably a lot in part due to hard knocks. I think also a lot of people are on the Dan Campbell train. Ford Field, there was some sort of statistic that Ford Field was... Oh, wait, you knew this. You shared this nugget. Go ahead. 
Yes, this is actually my first nugget of the season. I wish it didn't have to do with the Lions, but fans, I hope Ooh, you're hungry. Lions! <laughs> you know, oh, actually, you know what? I can't really remember that nugget the more I think oh, about I it. I remember it. I can share it if I did like. remember it. This is my first nugget. It's a little baby nugget, so I hope you came hungry. Nom, nom, nom. But I heard from one of my buddies that this is the first time that the kitty, <clears throat> excuse me, not the kitty, the Lions Den has been sold out to capacity in a non-Thanksgiving game since like, the early 2010s, I think he told me like 2012. So the fact that a game was sold out, not on obviously Thanksgiving, um, to start the season is a pretty big deal. And like Max said, I think it kind of shows that people are a little bit more excited about their uh, Detroit Lions heading into this season. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot more people are excited about them. I think that makes a huge difference because it changes the mentality of the entire stadium, especially at those home games. But then also, I just was excited to see that the Lions scored 35 points. I mean, they haven't scored that many points. I mean, they did in week 17 of last year, but that that was a garbage game where backups were playing and things like that. They haven't played, they haven't scored that much since like 2020. And even after that game, Nick, my wife, was like, you should be, it's so hard to be mad after the games because she's like the sweetest soul ever. But she was like, you should be proud. They scored so many points. And I don't even remember when they were that good. And I was like, I know that's supposed to be a compliment, but <laughs> that hurts a little bit. <laughs> I can definitely confirm that it is very hard to be upset around Nick. Shout out, Nick. To be uh, upset around her after your team loses. Back a couple of years ago, Sunday Night Football, Week 1, the Bears uh, in 2018. Great year for the Bears. Uh, and speaking of the Bears, shout out Bears. I'll be talking about you very oh, soon. Lord. But <laughs> Sunday Night Football and the Bears were winning literally all game. I was visiting the girls in North Carolina. And the Bears lost an absolute heartbreaker to the the team up north, the freaking Packers. And after the game, I was sitting there completely devastated, defeated. And Nick said, Bob, do you think they tried their hardest out there? And I was like, yeah. She said, do you think they wanted to lose? I said, no. She said, well, they tried their best. And then I was like, well, I guess that's that's true. You just can't be upset around Nick, kindergarten teacher Nick. And like Max said, she's uh, she's a very, very, very uh, pure soul. And yeah, she, she makes you feel better after losses. So I'll give her that for sure. Yep, that is very true. That is very true. She does a good job at that. Um, but yeah, so basically they haven't scored that many points in that long. And they were able to do that in with an offensive performance like that against not only just any defense, but a top 10 defense in the Eagles. The Eagles defense is currently ranked at number six. So ultimately, I was thoroughly impressed with the Lions this past weekend. It was a tough weekend. They put up a really good fight. Unfortunately, they lost. But yeah, all that to say, I agree with you that the Lions are going to win. And I have them a little bit higher. I have them at four. Interesting that you have them a little higher than me. Four, huh? Yeah, very interesting. I know. Well, Shocking. we definitely have to talk about that number off air. But hey, It's uh, not that far apart. I didn't get crazy. Hey, like that's you're true. probably I... going to do for the Packers. No, hey, or, I I'm promise. sorry for the Bears. I was going to say, I'm not getting crazy for the Packers. That's for dang sure. <laughs> um okay well i think this next one we're gonna agree much higher than two or four we've got the new york jets at cleveland browns and this is your game what you got actually this is your game because i said commanders alliance right oh yeah this is my game the star really? means the star means my game not your game <laughs> star your game not the mine. star on my notes means my game okay let's try that again new york jets at cleveland browns this is my game this one's easy for me i'll keep it short and i'll keep it sweet cleveland browns should win this game no problem uh, they defeated the panthers this past weekend and i thought what was pretty cool is that there's obviously all this drama surrounding the browns right now with Deshaun watson and everybody else on that team basically just said F you, look at us. Like, we can still play. This doesn't have to do with them. We are still good players. I mean, you've got Garrett out there. You've got Chubb out there. And, you know, I owe apologies to, to Jacoby Brissett because I didn't put a lot of faith in him over this past weekend, and he proved me wrong. So clearly he's going to be doing just fine in Watson's absence, and I've got the Browns, and I've got them at 14. Oh, my goodness, 14. Okay, I was not expecting that number, but you are very – very sorry to the Brissett family and the Browns as a whole. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes it a little easier because of the team they're playing. The Jets, they, in my opinion, were the worst team uh, in week one. Eh, actually, 
I take that back. I'll get to the worst team later on uh, when we when we get to that game. But yeah, <laughs> to keep it short and sweet, uh, Brissett definitely a, um, a a pretty solid backup that can get wins. He showed that on Sunday, as Mac alluded to, second alluded to of the season. Um, I'm a little less confident in Cleveland, but they're at home. The dog pound is going to be bumping, so I have them at nine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the reason I put them so high is because of who they're playing. The Jets trying to not exclude any fan bases here, but unfortunately the Jets are not having a great year this year, in my opinion. So we'll see what what? happens. I think that's a pretty safe statement. And I think they're going to be in uh, competition for the number one pick next year for sure. Yeah, totally agree. Them and the Bears are probably going to be neck and neck. (laughs) Are, are you talking about the first place Bears? <laughs> Don't rev me up. Don't rev me up because I will You continue. already chose the Lions, so I can talk trash now. Hey, just wait till we get to that Sunday night game because I am going to be hemming and hawing. <laughs> Folks, don't go anywhere. This episode is going to get real juicy real fast. Well, we better speed it up then because we're running out of time already. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Let's speed this up. All right, next game, speeding it up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans Saints. And like I said, this is your game because there's no star next to it. (laughs) Okay, this game is circled on my paper, which means it is my game. And I am pretty confident in this game as well. Tom Brady, I mean, what else can you say about the guy? He's the GOAT. He has completely defied uh, father time year and year and year. He didn't even show up to training camp. People were making fun of him when he showed back up and he looked super haggard and just kind of out of it. And the guy just, all he does is win. All he does is win, 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 no matter what. It's it's insane. He was in Dallas. Dallas was absolutely packed per usual. He just calmly went in there, almost threw for 300 yards, and that game was never close. One of the worst games that I watched all weekend. That defense is looking definitely uh, up to the caliber of a Super Bowl con- uh, contending team. Uh, he threw a touchdown to Evans. Shout out to him. He's on one of my fantasy squads. I was pumped about that. Um, he was he was dishing the ball for Nat. For Nat was running people over, and Tom just you know just literally picked up right where he left off at the end of last season. And all's well in Tampa Bay because they've got the goat back. The Saints they really struggled against a Falcons team last week, which many people think is going to be one of the worst in the NFL. It took like a 53 yard field goal with I think it was like 13 seconds left just to um, skate out of Atlanta with a win. So. While the Saints are one and zero, while can't guard me, Michael Thomas did look really great in his return. Jameis Winston still—I feel like he just has a lot of airheaded plays out there. Uh, like Mac was saying at the start of this podcast, Kamara is dealing with another injury, and that would be a huge loss for that offense. So, I think the Bucks are going to march into uh, New Orleans, and I think they're going to win pretty handedly. So that's why I have the Bucks and the Goat winning at a dozen twelve. Okay. I only have them slightly less than that, and I'll just share just with just for you real quick one little nugget. Hope you're hungry. Nom nom nom. Nom nom nom. Nom nom nom. The Bucks actually this scares me a little bit. The Bucks have lost the last seven regular season games to the Saints. And Excuse me. Yeah, and obviously some of those were without Drew Brees and with Tom Brady. So the Saints actually kind of have the Bucks number. That's a little concerning to me. But I still am trying to trust in the GOAT here. Fingers crossed. They still pull it out. Um, I still have them at nine, even though I knew that nugget. And I'm just hopeful that they can they can pull out a win. But, yeah, it's a little scary. What? That's a scary one. That, that was a little bit more than a small nugget. That was a pretty ginormous nugget. Seven in a row against yeah. the Bucks. What the yeah. heck? Yeah, so that is a little scary. I guess you're right. That's kind of a major, major Wait. nugget. So that means that so so since Tom's been with the Bucks for two full years, that means he's zero and four versus the Saints. Correct. With the Bucks. Correct. Oh my gosh! So did somebody do a little bit of research today? I'm starting to I'm starting to <laughs> yeah. get the, the vibe that I someone did, did some research. I did okay. do some research today because I brought hella nuggets. <laughs> oh man, I am really excited for our our wave riders to be super hungry. We're feeding them. <laughs> Our wave riders still workshopping that people. <laughs> <laughs> Just barely workshopping it. Just a little bit. But anyways, we still have the box. I don't know. Let's pray for a miracle. We'll see what happens. Moving right along, we have the Carolina Panthers taking on the surprise of the weekend, in my opinion, the New York football giants. Shout out, Eli. Shout out, James, and the Colorado G-Men. I can only shout you out because we beat you this week in confidence pool. But, yeah, that was a pretty good surprise right there. And honestly, shockingly enough, 
I have the Giants winning this weekend at home against the Carolina Panthers. Gasp. Yes, you heard it here first. The Giants, I have them winning. Did I hear that correctly? Do you say you have the New York football Giants winning again? You, it you is. have them going 2-0? and It is, yes. Wow. You did hear that correctly, and I know you also have the New York football Giants. <laughs> but spoiler you can, alert. Spoiler alert. You can give your reasoning why in just a second. For me, it comes down to a couple different things here. First and foremost, Barkley is back, period. That's it. He had 112 yards after contact. He had three huge runs this past weekend. He had four first down rushes and a game-changing touchdown, all in just 14 carries. He was extremely efficient with all of his carries. Just an incredible job. I know you've got him on fantasy. You were extremely grateful for him. And then also the biggest thing that made the difference is that their head coach, DeBole, how do you pronounce his name? DeBole, DeBall? I think it's DeBole. We'll go with DeBole. DeBole. He made a huge bull move going for two. (laughs) Whoa, that was a little bit of a stretch, but I liked it. (laughs) He got this two-point conversion. He took the lead with a minute six remaining. It made an absolute statement that they are here to win as much as they can this week or this week, this year. I don't know how much they're going to win this year. But he made a statement that he's willing to take the risks. And I think that's what people like. I think that's what people want to see. He's going to take the risks. He wants to get the Ws. I've got them taking on a pretty rough Carolina Panthers team that struggled quite a bit against Baker's uh, previous team this past weekend. So I've got them, and I've got them at three. Oh, okay. Well, I, apparently enough, am a little bit more confident in the Giants to win on Sunday because – Spoiler alert, alert was already was already released. I do have the Giants winning this game on Sunday as well. I also have them starting the season at 2-0, which, was, which is absolutely mind-boggling from what we expected to happen. But, I mean, got to give credit where credit is due. They went into Tennessee, the last, uh, last year's number one seed in the AFC. That is no easy place to win. King Henry was healthy. Um, obviously, Tannehill was playing. All of their weapons were there that uh, they have this season. So, yeah, they had a really, really, really great start to the season. I think that is going to carry over to this weekend. And a little side note, should I be worried about you? You are in the state of North Carolina, and you've just been absolutely ripping on the Panthers. Like, are people going to be kind of after you? Should I should I be well, worried about you? Uh, I mean, I guess you could worry, but I don't know. I, I've i never really been a huge Panthers gal, so. Oh, I, I know that's the case, but I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people in Asheville and around where you're at right now love the Panthers. It's it's well, your, most your, of our listeners are your friends, so. Our friends and family. So, I think very, I'm okay. <laughs> very valid point, though. Probably not too many uh, North Carolina residents listening in just yet. So, uh, we'll yeah. have to watch that as the season moves along and as our fans grow. But, yeah, um, without further ado, I also agree, like I said, that the Giants are going to win. I have them at five. So, not too much higher, but, yeah, I, I think the Giants are going to start 2-0. Okay. Okay. A little more confident than I am in that game. We'll see what we have on this next one. We've got the New England Patriots taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. So this game is circled on my paper, which means it is my game of analysis. So, yeah, this one is a little sketchy because like Mac uh, said earlier on in this podcast, there's a lot of injuries between both teams, Mac Jones and the Patriots, and then Najee and... um, Who's the other one on the Steelers that you mentioned? Uh, TJ Watt. And T- Duh, TJ Watt. We talked about him for like five minutes. So, yeah, the Steelers are a little banged up, but they're riding high because, not going to lie, that game between them and the Bengals on Sunday probably was the craziest regular season game that I have ever watched. Between a last second, literally, touchdown to Jamar Chase with no time on the clock to tie the game, all they needed was an extra point. Cincinnati was probably rejoicing. They were going to have a huge come from behind win. Extra point blocked. Went to overtime. They had a 29-yard field goal attempt to win the game. Missed. Um, Steelers kicker hit the upright. PTSD for me, but smoked the upright. And then that game was just going back and forth. Burrow had five turnovers himself. But, hey, Mitch Trubisky, shout out to you, Mitch. He's 1-0 as a starter. So proud of the guy. Um, so, yeah, the Steelers are riding high, injuries or not. They beat the Bengals to start the season, and we did not see that one coming. Patriots, on the other hand, Mac Jones is a little banged up, and that offense is just a little lackluster from what I've seen. Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but they, I don't know, their weapons just aren't that scary. It's just kind of like a, like a Wonder Bread-type team, in my opinion. They're just really bad. 
So I do think the Steelers are going to win. And now I'm a little nervous about my confidence here, but I have the Steelers winning their home opener against the Patriots and I have them winning at 10. I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, 10. Wow. Okay. 10. Yeah. I mean, for me, I totally agree with what you said. Like this honestly is extremely dependent on injuries right now. Like if Najee Harris is also out that makes me a lot more concerned for the Steelers heading into this week. Um, that's a big one because obviously he's their main running back that they have out there for most plays. So that would be that would be a big deal, and that would absolutely make me, at the very least, lower my confidence a ton in the Steelers. Um, and then also on the other side of the coin there is the Patriots. If Mac Jones sits, I mean, that could easily increase our confidence in the Steelers. So I agree with you there. I've got the Steelers. I've got them at seven, mostly just because I try to stay middle of the road just because of all of those injuries. Um, definitely open to navigating that and moving those around depending on what happens come Sunday. Okay, so so far we are uh... – in pretty close agreement on all of these confidence levels. So I'm feeling really good right now. I'm feeling good for making waves. Absolutely. Me too. And I have a feeling, well, I know we agree on this team, but I have a feeling we'll both kind of put these this next game pretty high up there, maybe. Um, well, I guess we'll see because the one of these teams did not have a great first week either. So we have the Indianapolis Colts at Jacksonville Jaguars. For me, I did choose the Colts here, and that's the team I was referring to, to not have a great first week. Obviously, they did not come out with the W. They are the team that tied the Houston Texans, and that is a huge shock, first and foremost, that the Texans – we're able to compete in that way. I mean, we definitely, I know in the very beginning of the preseason, we talked about Davis Mills and how he, he ended up shaping up to be a fairly good rookie last year and could take a step forward this year. But he's doing it a little bit more than I had it probably anticipated. Um, and it's just interesting to see and to watch because, of course, the Texans are Texans are ranked pretty low in the standings. Um, so that was, that was unique to see especially against the Colts who have a very strong defense who are expected to put a lot of pieces together with having Matt Ryan there to be able to increase the passing game. Um, so it was just shocking. So despite all that, I it's making it sound like I'm going to choose the Jaguars, but despite all that, I still believe that they will have a bit of a bounce back week. They are playing the Jags who also, again, another rookie with his second year in Lord Farquaad coming out, but I just don't think the Jaguars really have, I mean, they've got the new staffing coach or the staffing changes and things like that, but I, I just don't know that they have what it takes to really take leaps and bounds forward. Um, I think the Colts should be able to put this one away. I think this is a bounce back game for them to prove that they actually last week was kind of a week one wild fluke, which happens quite often in the NFL. Um, so we'll see, but I have the Colts and I have them at 10. Okay. So, yeah, we were taking a big leap of faith with you here, Matt Ryan. You really screwed us over last week. We had 16 points on the Colts. That's how confident we were that Indianapolis is going to just really hit the ground running. They're playing a very weak Texans team, as Mac alluded to. But, yeah, I mean, if the Colts fool us again, shame on them, and we will not be picking them high if they lose or if they tie to the, if the, uh, if they tie to the Texans and then don't beat the Jags in Week 2. I'm absolutely done with Matt. I'm absolutely done with the Colts. So this is big, but I said Colts and I said them at 14. Don't fool me twice. Do not fool me twice. That is a warning. Okay. That is a warning. Watch out, Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. We are coming for you if you fool us twice. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay. We have our first game coming up here that we disagree on. Curious to hear your take and your stance on who you chose and why. We have the Miami Dolphins heading to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Take it away, Robert. Taking it away. So, yes, this is a game that we disagree on. To let the fans know, I am going with my fantasy quarterback in a, a few of the leagues. I'm going to ride with him, Lamar. I think the Ravens are going to win this game, and I'm going to tell you exactly why, and then I'm excited to hear why you think uh, Tyree Kill and crew are going to win on Sunday. But, yeah, Ravens, they looked great. Obviously, yes, they were playing the Jets, but that offense, a little, you know, some people were a little nervous about how they were going to mesh without Hollywood Brown. Um, but, yeah, 
Lamar did not have any hiccups. Uh, Mark Andrews, who's one of the most consistent tight ends in the league year in and year out, looked great. And what's that receiver's name? I'd never heard of him. His name's like Overnay or Wybernay. He, he like a French last name, but he had two touchdowns. Never Overnay? heard of the guy. Overnay, I think. Overnay? I think so. That sounds fancy. Overnay. Overnay. But yeah, Overnay. Hopefully that's correct, but I, I that sounds familiar. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Uvene, I'm really, really sorry if I'm botching this last name, but um, yeah, he really just seamlessly kind of kind of put himself into that offense on Sunday, and Lamar was looking great. A lot of people have kind of been knocking on him about his throwing ability, his accuracy, and I didn't see any problems with him on Sunday. Once again, I say that with a grain of salt because he was playing the Jets, and they stink, but yeah. I don't know. The Dolphins did look good, but I think Baltimore, that's one of those places in the NFL that just has a big time home field advantage attached to it. I think that defense is really, really stout this season. And I think they have enough offensive weapons to uh, score some serious points on Sunday. I do think it's going to be a close game. So this, this confidence, I don't know if I was hitting the bottle a little bit earlier today um, when I was making these confidence (laughs) levels. So I'm a little worried about some of these, but I have the Ravens. I have them at six. I'm a little nervous oh, to hear what shoot. you say, but uh, yeah, I, I just finished saying, I think this is going to be a really close game. And I look down, I see Ravens at six. So the floor is yours, but that is, that is what I'm thinking. I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, I guess we both were hitting the bottle a little bit because I have mine fairly similar in confidence. So this is definitely going to be our furthest apart potentially. Well, I guess potentially we have one more game that we disagree on and I can see you put that high. So we'll see what, See what happens there. But yes, I have obviously by method of deduction there, I have the Miami Dolphins because you have the Ravens. And there's a couple of reasons why for that. So first, just a little rebuttal off of the things that you were saying. So you mentioned that the Ravens looked good. I would like to argue against that a little bit. They came out of the gate pretty slow. They didn't score their first touchdown until a couple minutes before halftime. And that was against the Jets. That's a little concerning because as we just mentioned, not trying to uh, ostracize any Jets fans out there, but you don't have the best team this year. It's okay. Bob and I also do not have the best team this year. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, sorry. We'll My get to team's that. in first place. Sorry, we'll get to that Sunday night. Yes. But, yes, so they came a little slow out of the gate. Next, I just want to look at the Ravens versus the Dolphins, just statistically their matchups, things of that nature. So, yes, the Ravens, they have a great defense, absolutely. But they're pretty neck and neck with the Dolphins' defense as well. The Ravens do get the slight edge there. They have an elite secondary. They do look really good out there. But I feel like in terms of matchups, the Dolphins have a much better offense than the Ravens in terms of, like, being able to spread it out. If we were just looking at quarterback play, obviously I would choose Lamar Jackson over and over and over again. But looking at the number of weapons that the Dolphins have compared to the Ravens, and I know I don't want to bet against Lamar Jackson. He does a great job, but he's got running backs who are injured right now. So he's going to have to do both of those positions, which he can do very well. He's an elite quarterback that can do that. But Tua, they obviously now have Tyreek Hill, who they – clearly are using a ton. They were targeting and running the offense through him all day on Sunday, it felt like. So they've got him in the mix, and he did a great job. They've also invested a ton in the offseason into elite running backs in Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, which were both lead running backs on their teams before that. So that's a good one-two punch. And then just all of that combined, just another nugget. Hope you're hungry. Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom. So hungry. <laughs> Me so hungry. <laughs> oh my god, what was that? Cookie Monster? Yeah. Shout out Cookie, Cookie Monster. Monster. Shout we love out you. Cookie Monster. Just another nugget, just because I like to throw them in there. I believe that the Dolphins are going to win this Sunday, and I believe that when they do, this will be their first ever win at the Ravens' current stadium in the second only ever visiting Baltimore. So I think the Ravens, or I'm sorry, I think the Dolphins are going to make a little bit of history this weekend. I truly do believe that they are a team to contend with, and I'm going with Dolphins, and I have them also hitting the bottle at five. Whoa. Okay. So we have some serious combos to have in regards to this game. Note to self on games that we disagree on. I need to do a little bit more research because you were just talking to me in circles once again, and I'm sitting over here like... (laughs) What the heck did I even say to make people think that the Ravens are going to win that game? So well, before we talk <laughs> off air, 
I'm going to do a little bit of research and I'm going to have right. a couple nugs for you. Yeah, no, please do. And just for a little background knowledge for our uh, listeners here, we Bob and I send our choices prior to recording. So that way we know if we disagree, we have that opportunity to dive a little bit further into those games and do that research. So that is why I'm able to collect that research. I'm not really sure what you're doing over there. I guess, as you said, hitting the bottle. But you say, apparently it's hitting the bottle. Apparently hitting the bottle. But that's that's why I came locked and loaded for that game and not so much all the other ones. I feel like you've been kind of coming locked and loaded for all the games. So okay, note to maybe self, a little bit. research USA next week. I got to hit it a little bit. I got to hey, hey, I I, impress my fans. I only, I only like really researched the games we disagree on, and a little bit for maybe the Lions. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. And what is not a surprise is that we are moving on to the 4, 10 p.m. slated games. But before we do, we always have a word from our sponsors. And that is you, Bob. Take it away. You always say not surprise, surprise. And I shouldn't be surprised because this is like the 30th week in a row this has happened and I'm always surprised. So this week's episode and podcast is brought to you by Yankee Candles. Yankee Doodle went to town. You smell so good. If it smells like food or it smells like feet, take a sniff of Yankee. Yankee Candles. $19.99 $19.99 for one, $42.15 for two. Get your candles, get your candles. Those are some expensive-ass candles. I also don't know why I just made two more expensive than <laughs> just $19.99 times two. I made it more expensive to get two. That is a terrible deal. Hey, it's okay. You're having to think really quickly on your feet, and you're really good at it. I've got time before my uh, sponsorship, and I'm still going to come up extremely short. So. No, I got a lot of positive feedback from your from your uh, advertisement last week. People love the singing. So just just a little... Uh, oh, God. Yeah. yeah, right. My singing no. is terrible. I got a lot of positive feedback from your ad, and that is not a joke. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, so get, I truly don't believe it. <laughs> my so get those, singing is awful. Get those, get those pipes prepared because people like the singing. Just saying. Okay. <clears throat> pipes are prepared, and we will move along to our first game in the afternoon slate of games, the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Los Angeles Rams. And I don't feel like I need to go too far into this. I know we've already taken a lot of time on, a lot, on the other games. This one's going to be quick and easy for me. Rams, good. Falcons, bad. I've got Rams. I've got them at 16. Ding, ding, ding. We finally have our first spot on confidence of the week. I'm going to take literal zero time on this. Like you said, you said it perfectly. Falcons bad. Rams good. Rams are going to get their first one of the season. 16. Let's move right along. Let's move on to a game that we disagree on. We have this Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And this is your game, so I will let you begin with who you are choosing and why. All right, so I just had to take out my Invisalign for this one because this is a doozy, folks. Wow. So, you want to have your lift coming through? <laughs> yeah, I don't want my lift to come through because I am going to be saying a lot of S's for Seahawks and S's for Niners. So I want to be able to enunciate. So this one, folks, it is definitely, I'd say if you told any you know general football fan that one of these teams is going to be 1-0 and one who's going to be 0-1, the general public would say absolutely. I think a lot of people would have expected the Seahawks to be the 0-1 team and the Niners to be the 1-0 team. Well, luckily for me and Bears fans everywhere, that is not the case. Shout out Seahawks for a huge upset win. Shout out my boys for a huge upset win. But yeah, Seahawks were maybe... I'd say maybe the surprise win of the weekend. Definitely one of the top two or three surprises of the entire weekend. I know I was texting Mac on Monday night. I was like, are you watching this? Like the Seahawks are actually winning this game. And they for sure spoiled Russ's homecoming to Seattle. They looked good. Geno looked great. And yeah, that Seahawks defense, I think it had a lot to do with the 13th or the 12th man, whatever they call the Seattle fan base. Um, I'd say that is still the toughest place to play in the NFL. Yeah, the Niners were the the preseason number three ranked team in the NFL. Obviously, they were they were hit off their high horse, and I'll get into that a little bit a little bit later. And you know who knocked them off their high horse, but I still think they are an incredible team. Yes, as Max said, Elijah Mitchell is out for quite a bit, but they have a great offensive line. Nick Bosa is a stud. 
Uh, Kittle is supposedly going to be back this week, and he was a huge absence last week. And I think Trey Lance is going to have a little little bit more of a, a straightforward time without a monsoon raining on top of him. So, yeah, Seahawks had a great first game, but this game is in San Francisco. Trey Lance has one game under his belt now. Um, I think he's going to have a little less pressure. And I don't think Geno Smith has it in him to have another crazy, like, 115 passer rating. Um, so, yeah, I know that we disagree on this game. And apparently when I put this confidence on my paper, I was really hitting the bottle. Ooh, because I have Niners. Ooh, and I have them I have them for 11. Gosh. Double digit? Holy cow. Okay, well, yeah. we'll see. This is definitely going to be our way furthest apart because I also have this game sort of high, like middle range. But anyways, so yeah, obviously you have the 49ers. I have the Seahawks. And I'm going to be honest, I feel like the only reason you're choosing the Niners is because you want them to be like a good team so you can use that fact that their boys beat them. I mean, that might be a little bit of the reason, but yeah, they're a Super Bowl contender. My boys are a Super Bowl contender. It all, no, all kind of adds your up. your boys all... are not a Super Bowl contender. Oh, just wait till we get to Sunday Night Football, oh, baby. God. Okay, well, anyways, we'll get to that later. They are not a Super Bowl contender. Anyways, Seattle Seahawks, the reason I chose them, fully agree. I don't necessarily think that the Seahawks, Geno Smith, all of them can maintain that pace that they played on Monday night. I think a lot of that was energized trying to get back at Russ. Russ was obviously welcomed back. and Well, he wasn't really welcomed back. He was kind of booed from the stadium, and there were a lot of jeers that I wasn't expecting. But either way, I think that pace was obviously elevated because they really wanted to, you know, win that game, prove that they made the right decision, et cetera, et cetera. The only thing for me, though, is that even though they won't play at that high of a caliber, I think that – Clearly, we saw that under any sort of pressure or any sort of anything against Trey Lance, I'm trying to proceed with caution here. I'm trying to proceed yes. with caution. Yes, thank you. Appreciate the caution. I am proceeding with caution. Clearly, we saw that that under any of that, Trey Lance collapses. And against Wilson, they were able to bring a ton of pressure. Yes, they were in Seattle. Yes, it was hype. But if they can bring that sort of pressure into that game and put that pressure on Trey Lance, I mean, he did not do well. And I honestly think I am concerned for Trey Lance and his ability to be who people believe that he is. I don't really know, as you mentioned, as there was a monsoon in Chicago. I feel like I'm saying as you mentioned a bunch, but... Um, <laughs> as I mentioned, thank as you. As you mentioned, there was a monsoon in Chicago on this past Sunday, so we don't really know who Trey Lance can be, but just looking at some of the times that he filled in last season, I feel like we kind of should have known because he filled in last year for Jimmy G for a couple games and also did not do well. Granted, he had this whole offseason to prepare, but... The fact that he came out in week one, I don't know. I'm scared for him. And I feel like I can't trust him and put a bunch of confidence points on him until we see him play. We have seen the Seahawks play. We have seen Geno Smith all last year as well play. Or not all last year, but some of last year when Russ was injured with that uh, finger, broken finger or whatever. So we have seen Geno Smith produce and play multiple times. We haven't seen it from Trey Lance. That's where my concern comes in. Do I think the 49ers have a chance to win? Sure. Do I believe that I can trust them yet? No, absolutely not. Okay, solid, oh, solid. sorry, so sorry. So I have the Seahawks and I have them at eight. Oh my God. So if my math is correct and I am not the best at math, that is, that's 19 confidence levels apart. That might be yeah. an all-time record. That might be an all-time record. That might be an all-time record. And I guess also this is something that we touched on last year, but the Seahawks notoriously... I believe it is the Seahawks this way around, where the Seahawks kind of own the 49ers. Remember all those stats I was throwing out yeah. about Ross owning the 49ers and stuff? I remember I a mean, couple. Yes, yeah. it was Ross, but like also that is the coaching staff. That is Pete Carroll as well. I mean, he's come up with a game plan that works. And all those injuries to the 49ers, I don't know. I'm just scared about I'm just scared for them, honestly. Pete Carroll kind of is a goat. He's a great coach. And yeah, I think this game um, is going to be a lot closer than both of us think. 11 and 8 are both very high, so apparently we need to stop hitting the bottle so much during work. This is going to be quite the discussion off air, and uh, we're excited to let you all know who we go with because 
for sure. Yeah, you made some solid points. You made some very solid points. Yeah, and so did you as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that. That may Thanks. come down to a coin flip. We'll see what happens oh, there. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. This next one, though, we agree on. I believe we're probably both going to have it pretty high. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals at Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, that huge injury to Dak Prescott makes a huge difference to the Cowboys' chances this year. Cooper Rush, he's played before. He is a bat, has been the backup before when Dak was hurt prior. Um, I don't know. Ultimately, though, the Cowboys are struggling even with Dak. I don't see Cooper Rush being able to come in and just, like, turn this franchise around. I, I have a feeling that the Bengals are going to win this one pretty handedly. I mean, if you look at it, they had five turnovers on Sunday, and they still only lost by three due to some missed field goals by Evan McPherson. And that's also interesting because he got a lot of hype during the playoffs last year for tying the record for the most field goals made in the postseason. So, like, he was on fire. So, for him to miss a game is just interesting the way that all happened. They had a chance to win a couple different times. Missing these field goals, uh, I don't think that they'll make that same mistake twice. Bengals are going to win this one, I believe. So I've got them at 13. Hey, ding, ding, ding. Oh, wow. Some of the, some, one dog in the background there was not so happy with that decision. I totally agree. This is our second ding, ding, ding of the, the week. And it sounded like Summit in the background agrees as well. I got the Bengals. I got them at 13. I would have had them with or without Dak. But without Dak, they're going to win this one handedly and get their first win of the season. Bengals at 13. Bengals at 13. Summit and Bailey agree. Woof, woof, woof. Moving right along. Houston Texans at Denver Broncos. Yes, just in uh, in the uh, mindset of saving some time here because we are already over, and I know I'm definitely going to be talking about the Bears here quite a bit. So I think this is going to be a pretty easy game. Uh, Broncos Nation, let's ride, because they're at home for the first time this season. They had some boneheaded mistakes on Monday night. I still think they're going to be a very good team. Texans, I think they had a pretty good week. Uh, they surprised some people by tying the Colts. But I have the Broncos winning Russ's home debut in Denver, the Rocky Mountain State. And I have them at 15. So don't prove me wrong again, Russ. Yeah, this is a warning for the Broncos as well. But we've, we've got them pretty high, I'm assuming. And I got them at 15. So don't wow. prove me wrong. Okay. I've got them slightly lower. I've got them at 12, but I also have them winning this game. And I, I just also can't believe that that's our first let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. But it's actually Broncos country. Broncos country. Let's ride. And if that doesn't make you feel awkward, I don't know what will. If you haven't seen that video, <laughs> check it out. Russ, awkward AF. Russ, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Another that's probably what I would say that's probably why they lost week one because they just weren't pumped up by that. Oh, probably. Yeah, it's not it's not a very big like hype speech ahead no, of time. Not but quite. what I was gonna say, it was gonna be a beautiful transition. Another team we didn't really know what they were doing in week one was the Arizona Cardinals because they got smashed by the Kansas City Chiefs. They are playing the Las Vegas Raiders this weekend in Las Vegas. And this one for me is another, not, not easy one, I guess. I think it is going to be back and forth. You can't count out Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. They're still a great team. But for me, I've got the Raiders here. I mean, their offense, it's clearly going to run through Adams, who absolutely excelled. I mean, he had 17 targets. The only concern here is that Carr is not necessarily spreading around as much spreading the ball around as much as I would hope. He's pretty much only going to Adams. But, hey, I mean, you pay a guy $141 million, you might as well throw him the ball. So you're going to use him. You're going to go through him. And the offense is clearly doing that a lot. I'm excited to see Adams. It's nice to be able to kind of cheer for him because he's not a Packer. Um, he is a really great wide receiver. So it's cool to just see him out there playing. I think that they're going to be able to use him. Clearly, this defense is vulnerable considering Patrick Mahomes put up five touchdowns on them. I think they're going to use that. I've got the Raiders, and I've got them at double digits, 11. Raiders at 11. Okay. Um, once again, for time's sake, I agree with the Raiders. I think they're going to get to their first win of the season. Cardinals defense looked terrible. Raiders offense is definitely going to start gelling as the season progresses. So I have them winning at home in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Raiders for eight. Raiders for eight in a game at eight. 
20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the game you've been waiting for all episode long, Bob. Just try to keep it a little bit because we are already over time. Try to keep it sort of short, please. Rain it in slightly. We've got the Chicago Bears taking on the Green Bay Packers. Go ahead. Oh, baby. Invisalign out for this game because I am pumped. Unfortunately, I had a feeling this was going to happen with this already over time. It's just funny how that works out. Just We get so excited to talk about games, and then the game I want to talk about the most, we're 10 minutes over already. So I'm wearing my Bears jersey here, my Willen jersey. It says Willen on the back because I am a part of the team. I'm the number one fan, and I could not be more proud of my NFC North division, division-leading Bears. I mean, I'm a big optimist. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I think everybody that knows me knows that is the case. And I didn't think in any world the Bears were going to have a chance against the Niners. But, oh, my God, proved me wrong, proved all those naysayers wrong. We came in. We smacked San Francisco right in the mouth. And you know what? Yeah, Bears country, let's ride because we are back. We are back. And I know Mac doesn't want me to say baby as much because I I love that that saying. But Bears are back baby. I think now my expectations for the season have shifted from like 10 wins to like 14 to 16 wins. Oh my word. All jokes aside with how the Packers looked against the Vikings and how the Bears looked against the Niners. I legitimately think the Bears are going to march into Green Bay. We're going to take a bus up north to the frozen tundra. It's not frozen yet, but it's going to be frozen when we're leaving with all those Packers fans tears. We're going to march in there. Jay Fields is going to take away the totem pole. I don't know if that's a saying, but he's going to take that away from Rodgers. This is his division now. We're going to win that game. I have the Bears. I have them at three, and I cannot wait until next week to hop back on and just yell at you-know-who, number 12 on the Packers, and let him know who owns who. Bear down, baby. Let's go. Okay. Well, you kept it you kept it somewhat reined in, which I appreciate. I tried. Obviously, obviously there are some excessive comments in there that are clearly false. But that's okay. That's all right. I know you're just getting excited. So, yeah, one of the things that I just love, I would love the opportunity to rag on Rodgers as much as I can, is that there's obviously a list, you know, somewhere of the lowest week one scoring reigning MVPs in the NFL. And I just got to say, Rodgers is not on there once, but he is on there twice for last year and this year, coming out the first game and just absolutely laying a goose egg and just staking. That's a savory nugget. That's yeah, a savory that, nugget. That's a savory nugget. nugget I, like the so t- I like the taste of that one. Eat that one up. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. And, yeah, I know we l- try to not ostracize people, but if you're a Packers fan, buzz off. I think they're already long gone after last week, so I don't yeah. think there's any Packers fans in the chat. Probably, but that's okay. Anyways, so, yeah, he just actually stunk week one. Heading into this next week, I I know people are probably wanting me to rip so hard on the Bears. So I'm, I'm going to keep it. Well, you said there's a lot of lines, babe. I'm going to keep it light. So the only thing that I just want to say is I, you even kind of mentioned it several times is week one was kind of a wild week. There was huge flooding all over the field at Soldier Field. I mean, this was not necessarily a normal football game where we saw everything that players could do on both sides. I'm not saying that the Bears didn't deserve that win. They got the win, fair and square. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, I think it's also the same way it's hard to tell about the 49ers. It's still hard to really take anything away from week one for the Bears as well. And then the only thing I would say about the Packers is... Yes, last year and this year, he came out and just absolutely stunk week one. We absolutely loved to see it. He got blown out by the Saints last year. It was incredible. Got blown out this weekend by the Vikings. Incredible. But typically, he turns that around. I don't know if that's going to happen. They don't have the same type of weapons that they have in, in Green Bay. Happy about that. But I could see them. I could see them winning. However, oh. however, I knew you were going to choose the Lions this week. So as a tribute to my own best friend and to pay it forward a little bit, I did choose the Bears this weekend, and I chose them at one. At one, the disrespect. And are you saying you only chose the Bears because I chose the Lions? Because that is not the honesty our fans deserve. <laughs> nope, no, no, no. I'm happy you chose the Bears. Never mind, never mind, never mind. 
nope, never mind. I'll be honest, that was a large factor in my but choice. Not, not the only factor you're saying. Oh my god. I, the, no, folks, that do you was hear a this? large factor. That was a very large factor. Maybe not the only factor. I guess the only other factor would just be that like I'm praying that the Packers just suck, but and they will, and they do, and I can't wait for all my boys to listen into this, get a little bit more pumped up by your doubt, even after that week one win. And I was so excited. Oh, sorry. Uh, you're good. I just wanted to say, all I need from I need from the Bears is some consistency. For me to believe oh, you'll see in it. them, if they can get some consistency, we'll see what happens. But I'm not buying it yet, to be completely okay. honest. Okay, we're going to prove that we are a deserving first-place squad. And I was so excited during my analysis that I forgot. You're going to be first-place. There's no way. It's gonna oh, be, just you wait. The Packers, it's going to be the Vikings. My buddy Nick W., he'll help me out in the chat. We are going to be a first-place squad. I know you and him are, are best of buds already, and you agree with everybody. You know, you agree with each other's takes wholeheartedly. But before I forget real quick, I forgot my most important part of that analysis. My wave maker of the week was from that game. And oh, my gosh. It was, I forgot about I, the wave makers. We were so excited. I forgot about my wave maker. But my wave maker, I'm going to say it in like 10 seconds, was the weather in Chicago last Sunday. It was a beautiful week all the way up until Sunday. That was Bears football weather. It was a monsoon. The field was literally underwater. It was just, just face in your, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm so excited. But it was just, it was just ground and pound, just smash, smash mouth football. And it definitely played in the Bears' favor. There was a hurricane in Chicago. And because of it, the Bears are 1-0. So my wave maker of the week was the weather. Mother Nature, I love you. Just please stay on our side all season. Okay. I totally forgot about Wave Makers of the Week, so I'll have to go back and do mine at the end, maybe if we have time. But we do probably need to move along as we are, again, over time. And we have two Monday night games to get to. A doubleheader Monday night. Buckle up. Going to be fun. Kicking it off with the Tennessee Titans at Buffalo Bills. And I put in my notes just one line. I put, holy shit, the Bills. Because they are incredible. Yep, mark it as explicit. It already is. It's fine. They are incredible. I watched that last Thursday night game, and it was just so fun to see them back and forth. Obviously, I didn't like to see them put an absolute spanking on the Rams because, you know, my boy Maddie Stafford. But it was just such good football. It was so fun to watch. They made it look incredibly easy, the way they moved the ball. Josh Allen in that offense, I mean – it is smooth sailing for them. And I'm not gonna I'm not saying every single game is gonna be easy peasy lemon tweezy, but they looked really good. I mean, Bills versus Chiefs is already gonna be the AFC championship game, in my opinion. I, I can't wait for it already. I mean, it just has to be, right? I mean, they both looked so explosive this past week. They were playing against an elite defense in the Rams. Obviously, some huge names like Bobby Wagner and Aaron Donald, and the way they moved the ball. I just, I couldn't get over it. The Bills looked really good. So I've got them, and I've got them in a crazy high number of 15. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, to save some time, I'm not going to give any analysis on this game other than I totally agree with everything you say. Titans looked bad. Really disappointing loss. Kicked us out of the survivor pool. So, Tennessee, you're on our shit list. Explicit. Whoops. Uh, Bills definitely looked like the best team in football. I have them high. Well, I thought it was high. I don't know if you were hitting the bottle big time at the end of the day. But I have the Bills at 7. So a little, little more than half of that 15, but I agree, and I, I appreciate the enthusiasm um, towards the Bills. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm sold on them right now. Um, they looked so good, and the, and the Titans did not look good. So that's, nope, that nope. was a big a big factor for me. Um, and, yeah, I probably was in the bottom a little bit because the Titans aren't, like, a terrible team. But, yeah, that, I don't know. The Bills, to me, I'm just like, they're going to win every single game this year. And you know in Buffalo, Bills Mafia is going to be losing their mind first home game of the oh, season, and yeah. they are, yeah, that's After going to be a wild. That's going to be a good Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. 100%. So, yes, the final game of the week we have here, Monday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is the Minnesota Vikings at Philadelphia Eagles, the city of brotherly love. Shout out Cardo and Paige, Philadelphia. Yes, last game of the week, and definitely uh, last but not least. And before I hop into this uh, last game analysis, there is one more sponsor 
Even though we're over we time, we can't time forget for about... We don't have oh, time for a sponsor. <laughs> interesting. Well, isn't that perfect for you? Well, oh, I'm just getting word. Oh, we do have a little bit of time for our second sponsor. Hit us with it. Okay. This second week in the NFL's Making Waves podcast. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because you always drag it out. And I just see you looking around for... for... <laughs> Something that is to use. I love it. Looking around for scraps. Well, I found. Um, looking around this, for motivation. I found this uh, auto auto owners insurance page. So that's what we're going with. So this second week of the NFL 2022 season making waves podcast is brought to you by Auto Owners Insurance. If you need to insure your home, car, business, or just your life, go to Autos. AutoOwnersInsurance.com. <laughs> I love how you ended with, if you did, you said your house, your car, or just your life, like your life is the least meaningful thing out of all those. You said, or just your life. I was like, wow. Okay. So I guess that's the, uh, the least important of the three. I meant, I meant to say it as like, or just like anything in life. <laughs> oh my God. I also pride. started saying auto auto owners insurance. And then it binged in my head that you said to sing. So I changed it. To- oh my God. Yeah. I think the fans are really going to like that. And you definitely hit that falsetto. So very nicely done. Oh gosh. Yikes. I apologize to everybody. Oh my gosh. But no okay. Apology last necessary. game of yes. the week. Minnesota okay. Vikings. Philadelphia so- Eagles. Insure it with auto owner owners insurance and insure your lives. If you're a football player. <laughs> Insure your lives. We got Yankee candles. We got auto insurance or life insurance. It's, I mean, they're two and they're two in the same. So just your thank life. you so much. Just insurance. Yeah, just your life. So we are really excited about these sponsorships and obviously we appreciate it. And we do apologize about going over time. We will work on keeping it within the 45 minutes, but this was a wild week. So anyways, this is my least confident game of the entire week. I did have some stuff written out, but I am not going to talk about it because we are so over and we want to be cognizant of your time as I'm still wasting time just talking about it. So Vikings look so good. That offense is incredible. Jay Jetta, in my opinion, best receiver in the league. Sorry, Cooper. Sorry, Jamar. He had 40 fantasy fantasy points for me. He is incredible. And he was wide freaking open all Sunday afternoon against a pretty solid Packers secondary. Ha ha, Green Bay. This is going to be a wild game. As Max said, it's in the city of brotherly love. That's not an easy place to play. They're very, very passionate fans. But that offense is absolutely sinked in and jive in that first year head coach don't know his name um, off the top of my head but he really made a statement I think it's going to be a really 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 close game can't wait to sit back and watch that one Um, yeah I have the Vikings barely squeaking by and I have them at a confidence level of one and they'll be joining the Bears at the top of the division at two and oh after that win okay I have the Vikings. I have them at two for all of those reasons that you mentioned. I think the Vikings are actually going to be a good team to contend with this year. I'm excited to see them push back past their little hump of, you know, half and half middle of the middle of the pack. So I think they're going to do a good job with, as we mentioned last year, their new head coach. Do you remember the name? Um, I don't, but I have a feeling that you do. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. Shout out. Sorry, man. Shouts out. No worries, man. But yes, so I think they're going to be looking pretty good. All in all, we've got a fun week two ahead of us. Hopefully going to be a little less wild, maybe a little more predictable for Bob and I heading into week two. But we are excited to see what happens and what unfolds with all of these different games. We sure are. We are going to have the Buco box. We're going to have so much to talk about next week, but we're going to keep it much shorter next week. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, We love you, Wave Riders, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. (laughs) All right, see you next week. Peace.